Hello, Warwick. Hello, listeners. Hello, Nicole. I can't wait for this. I'm so excited about your joke. You are so excited today. I love this. Okay. What is the best material for making a ninja suit? No. Leather. It's made of a hide. Welcome to the Tradies and Business Podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. Oh my gosh. They are getting worse, I must They say. are. You took the words right out of my mouth, Coxie. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. They're not brilliant, but, I'm, you know, they're mum jokes. They're not meant to be super hilarious. They're meant to be cringy. They're, they'll make you groan. Yes. Yes. Okay. So finish groaning, listeners. Uh, today's episode is definitely not groan worthy. Uh, we have – actually, we've got the pleasure of interviewing someone on the podcast that – presented as a main platform at our recent Tradiepreneur conference mm-hmm. on the, the GC, the Gold Coast, which the weather was awful when we were there too. It was raining and windy, couldn't go outside. It was terrible. Well, we could, but you'd get wet and mm. you know what happens when you get wet. You'd like grow gremlins and stuff. Apparently. I, I personally have never had that experience, but thank you for sharing. <laughs> and I'm showing my age. So... Um, Today, we are actually talking about something a little bit different. So strap yourself in, listeners, because you might feel like, "Mm, I don't really see what this has got to do with running a trade business. And you would be forgiven for that for about 1.7 seconds. But you should know that Coxie and I always bring things that are relevant, except maybe for some of my stories and analogies. Mm -hmm. And so we're actually going to look at, well, I'll I'll just put it out there and then I'll let our guest dig her way out of the massive hole that I'm about to (laughs) create for her and push her into um, creating an online course from your knowledge. And please stick with us because you'll see the relevance of this uh, in a moment. And I think there's some fantastic opportunities for, well, any business owner, but obviously listening to this podcast, generally you're a trade business owner or a tradie wife. And I think there's some fantastic opportunities that a lot of people, even at conference, I think missed the point mm. and haven't actually leaned into yet. So this will be a good review for any of our tradiepreneurs listening. And I'm going to shut up now, just briefly, and uh, and introduce our guest, Sam Winch. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure again uh, to listen to you speak about this topic because I think it's something that is seen as kind of the realm of online entrepreneurs and and digital entrepreneurs and all that stuff. But for a plumber or a chippy or a landscaper, what the heck would I create an online course for? And I'm sure you're going to unpack that in a way that's going to make it clear for our listeners, Sam. But our listeners love to know a bit about the people that we talk to. So can you tell us a bit about who Sam Winch is? Hi, I'm Sam Winch, the course creator, not the lunchtime food. And I build online courses. Look, if you're going to have a stupid name that's puns are as terrible as anything, then you may as well make the most of it, hey? Absolutely. (laughs) 
So I work with normally entrepreneurs or small business owners and help them take all of the stuff out of their head and put it somewhere. So while the majority of my time is spent with courses, it's actually not all that I do, but we'll, we'll hop on that later. Um, when I'm not trying to turn gold into online content, um, I'm a husband of a defense force member, which makes life always interesting and mother of four kids, which also makes life very interesting. So somewhere in my spare time, I build online courses. Everyone has spare time, right? The spare yeah, time. Do you though with four kids? Where is there any spare time? Especially when you're yeah. solo parenting so often. I'm not sure about that spare time stuff. There's too. a little bit in the middle somewhere. <laughs> Between 1am and 4am or something. Yeah. No, I like my sleep too much for that. You shouldn't see Cranky Sam with no sleep. Hey, like. <laughs> we were talking about grumpy people earlier. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's enough. Now, I want to send, uh, I was being, I just, Went over the top of that, Warwick. I didn't mm-hmm. drop any shit there Just at all. I've been very kind. Right. I want to set some context. So when Warwick and I were planning the conference for our clients this year, we were talking about, I guess, the financial climate. Let's call it for what it is. There's a lot of talk about potentials for recession, um, interest rate rises, the increasing costs of fuel and groceries and, well, gosh, everything else and more. Um, And it's becoming quite a concern, quite naturally for all business owners, but particularly trade business owners. And so we were talking about, okay, well, how can we get our guys thinking a little differently about the opportunities that they have at their fingertips? I think that business owners did this really well during COVID, but as always, we quickly return to our normal ways and we forget about the opportunities that are at our fingertips. And so one of those opportunities were, was, of course, diversifying income. We all have the potential with our knowledge to create something that helps diversify our income, look at different ways to do things, offering different options for our client base so that we're um, not left out in the cold. Regardless of what does or doesn't happen next, we still have these opportunities ahead of us. And so online courses was where we began. So uh, full disclosure, I've had my own online course through my building company as a, it was a lead magnet um, for clients to work with on two different forums or two different ways and it worked incredibly well it, it still makes money now without me doing anything it's I wouldn't call it a passive income but it does sit there passively on a website making income from time to time and I guess that's the opportunity again to up on that word I could see for many of our clients they have so much knowledge so many ways in which they could share that knowledge whether it became a, a product for prospect or So let's demystify some of this language, whether it became a paid product that helped that potential client turn into a client or whether it was um, free content that they put out there to attract somebody to their business. It was still a great way to start to look at their business more holistically and the other opportunities that were available to them of which Sam, you came up. And so therefore you came and so very amazingly spent some time with our tradepreneurs, helping them create some ideas that they could start to run with. Some of them, I must show you a video, have done incredibly well with some of the ideas they came up with on the day. And so I think the context there for you listeners is that no matter whether you're a plaster, a bricky, a concreter, a a carpenter, a builder, a plumber, an electrician, there is opportunity afoot with the knowledge that you have and the way that you can share it, whether that be to attract new clients or it might be to have a somewhat passive income through a course or content that you can create. That is what we're talking about today. So open up your mind a little bit here. It's It might be a bit of a long draw on the bow, but I promise you there is um, some gold for you to uncover and start to think about what you could do with for 2023 and beyond. 
Can you believe we're almost there? Shh. Stop this. <laughs> yeah. So, Sam, you tell us how you came to be doing what you're doing. Yeah. So I um, had a background in retail management, um, which is a sucky place to be with young children because you work rotating rosters and late night trade and weekends and Easter's and boxing days and Christmas Eve's and all the rest of it. Um, It sucks. So I was looking for an out and my husband of the time, now my ex, long story, um, went and took a certificate for in training and assessments, like a train the trainer program, except Mm -hmm. he's the world's biggest introvert and he hated every minute of it. Um, (laughs) But while he was there, he was talking to the guy running the program and the guy said, oh, I reckon my wife would be really good at this. And he went, well, how good? We're looking for a trainer. Mm -hmm. He went, no, I reckon really good. So I just went along for a chat and a week later I was taking the course and the week after I was teaching the course. Um, And what I kind of stumbled across, which I hadn't realized at the time, but hindsight's a wonderful thing, is actually that management is mostly training. That when you have a team, you spend a large portion of your time teaching and training, training new skills, teaching, like it's just, it's all training. So actually it's what I've been doing most of the time anyway. I just hadn't realized it and hadn't put a framework about it. So I really accidentally fell into the world of training. Um, And interestingly enough, now some of the stuff that comes up that we build with clients is internal team training, because like I said, once you've got a team, you spend so much of your time trying to transfer knowledge from your head into theirs that, you know, that's a big part of still what we do in terms of of building training. But yeah, it kind of started from there. I ended up in the vocational education world and opened a registered training organization and then realized that was a terrible idea and closed a registered training organization (laughs) because those things are compliance nightmares. (laughs) Um, And now I get to spend time, which is much more fun working with small businesses businesses building content and courses because it's way more flexible and way more fun and there's just heaps more options available to them that way so yeah a bit of a weird journey but this is where I ended up so Sam you would have seen some interesting um, attitudes towards training in your time in retail management perhaps you know co-workers or upper management did you see things there that just made you cringe or inspire you to help people do better than that yeah, so I think we've all had the stories. Um, one, you see many a person who's sent to training that doesn't want to be there. So, you know, there's always that element of trying to build training. I'm sure all of us have sat through the most boring online compliance modules where you click next, 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 that mandatory safety training or that like mandatory, yeah, you know the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you do it once every 12 months, you click the next button as fast as you can and you try and skim through the quiz at the end. So I have seen plenty of experiences of where training is terrible, but I also know that when it works well, it's great. And most of the time it's stuff that we're going to do anyway. So why not make it better? Like Mm. we have to transfer knowledge somehow. Um, You know, it's part of the way the world works. If it sits in my head, it does nothing, right? It's all then just stuck with me, but I need to get it out to my audience. I need to get it to my team. I need to get it to my kids. So part of being a parent is transferring knowledge to our kids. So I guess I've naturally had a like of learning and learning new things. And it's about how can we do that in a better way? But I mean, like you guys have said, the stuff in your head is is valuable, right? We've yeah. all got so much stuff crammed inside our heads that we forget. We assume that because we know, oh, everyone knows that stuff. Like, oh, that's just common knowledge. Everyone knows that. No, we don't. We, we really, really don't. And some of the conversations we had at the Gold Coast were about the fact that I'm your ideal target market because I know nothing, right? Mm-hmm. I, nothing about the trade industries. Um, no, nothing about the trade industries was running a business, but nothing about the trades. Mm-hmm. So when you think about your clients, your clients are me. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how to plumb. I don't know like any of the stuff involved, but I do know what I know 
what I look for when I'm hiring someone. And so it's those sorts of things that we start to think about. But yeah, your head is absolutely full of gold. And whether you like it or not, it's in there. So you may as well do something with it, right? Mm. I imagine it must be, sorry. Do you want to talk over me or I'll talk over you? No, you talk over me. Okay, you start, then I'll talk over you. (laughs) (laughs) We had one of our tradiepreneurs actually um, make a statement uh, just this morning before we recorded this episode about being, I'm just a dumb insert trade here because I don't want to out them too much. Uh, And if he's listening, listen hard because I, I think this is a great insight for anybody who's ever said, I'm just a housewife. I'm just helping my business with my husband with his books. Uh, you know, I'm just something or other. And it really downplays the knowledge and the wisdom that they do have. Uh, is that something you come up against with, I guess, clients? Sam, All or? the time. Yeah. So we call it the curse of knowledge, which is that you you just don't recognize the value of what you know. And, and lots of us do it, right? And the I'm just a blank label applies to so many things and so many people. Um, and the example I often use is boiling an egg, which is like, you go, oh, everyone knows how to boil. No, I'm terrible in the kitchen, guys. Like, I promise you, terrible. I'm the kind of person who can like, like cremate oven baked chips to a tray um, because <laughs> I get distracted and forget they're in the oven. So Boiling an egg for me, partly it's the patience of having to like get the timing right and knowing how hardboard I want my hardboard egg. But like anyone else who boil an egg, be like, oh, everyone can boil an egg. It's super easy. No, there are some of us out there who have no idea how to get a good hardboiled egg. Like we just don't know. And it's the same, right? It's those things that you're like, oh, I'm just a chippy plumber, whatever. Like I know nothing, guys. Like just absolutely blank slate, nothing, less than nothing, probably. Um, mm-hmm. So, all that you're just a stuff that you just assume is common knowledge is not common knowledge at all. It's just common to you because you've been in that industry for so long or because you've been exposed to so many of those experiences or because you've had so many like opportunities to learn those things. You've had years doing that do. But for those of us who don't do that do, we we have no idea. We don't know what you do. We don't know how you do it. And that brings up a lot of mistrust too, because then we're worried and you see it like in the Facebook groups all the time. Like I want someone who's not going to rip me off, who's not going to charge an arm and a leg. And those statements just come through fear because we don't understand, right? We, we genuinely have no idea. So it, yeah, I'm just a blank is super common, but there's so much gold in that head. I promise you there is, there really is. Do you find it challenging trying to retrieve that gold because they don't trust the knowledge that they have? Normally it kind of falls out of people's mouths accidentally. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I find with clients, often if we're doing like a course mapping session is we get on a call, much like you guys today, um, and I just talk to them a bunch. And as they're saying stuff, I make notes. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, well, what would you say next? Or why did you say that? Like what what else would I need to know about that? Because I find it's the stuff that just kind of comes out. Um, and often when I'm working with a client, sometimes I write stuff down and I was like, that was pure gold. You just said this. And they're like, oh, did I? Yeah. Yeah. You really did. We don't realize, right. It's the stuff that comes out naturally that for the audience goes, Oh my God, you're so right. That's so cool. But for us, it was just the thing that fell out of our mouth next. Um, And I find that having a conversation somewhere is the best way to start digging that gold out. I don't want to downplay how important this is for tradies. And we've spoken quite frequently about the negative, um, voice that tradies are given in the media. Unfortunately, we have such little control over it as great business owners. And this is a wonderful way to change that mistrust that most of our clients come to us with. 
Um, even the best clients that come through a referral from somebody who was really happy and enjoyed their experience with us will still come with a level of mistrust and some sort of course or, or content offering that we can give to a client as part of a sales process can be um, just the most amazing way to lower some of those barriers yep. so that we're changing conversations around the, 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 the solution or the outcome. We're not getting stuck on what the price is and then doing the traditional price comparing between three other quotes, we're actually coming to you because I trust you and I'm providing a solution. We have to know, like, and trust to be comfortable enough to make that purchase. This is a real shortcut. And unfortunately, video is a big part of that. And what we see quite frequently is the reluctance to get in front of the camera, whether it just be a selfie on your phone or whether it be something as part of a, a bigger course content or similar, that reluctance can really hold back a successful outcome, not necessarily for the course, but as a shortcut to getting that client over the line in terms of a, a solution. Sam, do you agree that video is as important as I'm stating it to be when it comes to that no like, and trust for a client? It's definitely one of the fastest methods to build no like, and trust. You can do it without video, but it is slower. Um, I mean, photos really help. There are things that do help, but video is like the fast track method of getting there. So if you're completely anti-video, just, I guess it's a slower, harder slog, but video is a really great way of getting there much faster. The thing I always say to clients, because no matter the industry, we come up against this block and a lot of course creators, they love the idea, they get some notes down and when it gets to like the video bit, they're like, oh my God, and then they never get any further. And that's super common across all industries, not just trades. Um, so what we like to talk to clients about is remembering that what we're looking for is congruence, which is mainly just that what they see and then what they get are the same. Yep. So you don't need to be super shiny or polished or personalized on video if that's not who you are when you rock up at the front of the house, mm. because that's going to get mistrust anyway, right? If they see this super polished corporate style video and then you rock up and you're not that, then they're going to feel that mistrust because they're like, oh, who's this guy? That's not who I, that's not who I thought I was getting. Mm. So a part of the block I find people think is like video has to be this shiny special thing, but they, they just want you like the real you and it's part of the reason why um I do a lot of my work even on podcasts and on video in jeans and t-shirt because if you get me on the day I'm 99% of the time in jeans and a t-shirt like it's who's gonna rock up so there's no point me being something different on video because when I arrived on the day they'd be like oh who's this person Mm -hmm. so it's the same for you like I would much rather see the real you on video like just turn your camera around and talk to me because that's who you're going to be when you rock up at the door and that's who I'm going to know and like and trust because I've built that relationship with you through video hey tradies in business was here sorry to interrupt your listening pleasure I'm joined by Coxie of course (laughs) hello you may not know this, tradie or tradie wife or whoever you are listening to this program, but we're business coaches. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that feels weird to say. <laughs> but we do actually work with people just like you to solve a bunch of problems. And we have this fantastic program called the Tradiepreneur Program, and that's how we do it. And we do it with a wonderful community of trade business owners who are all trying to fix or improve or change things to progress. Things like getting behind on quoting, Coxie. Feeling overwhelmed, behind on your invoicing, feeling really stressed or frustrated about the money stuff. Sometimes you can pay the bills, sometimes you can't. What about staff? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh, staff. Trying to get them to do what you want them to do, if you can even find them in the first place. 
Uh, there's so many struggles. And we've seen clients tackle these things in their trade businesses in a quite a short space of time, to be honest, mm -hmm. during the program and recruit staff at a time where everybody was saying you can't get good staff, mm -hmm. improve their quality from their team, collect their debts much more quickly. We How have about sessions. tips? Yes. Getting tips. Yes. So uh, people rounding up, customers rounding up the invoice by hundreds of dollars mm -hmm. because they're so happy with the sales process and the experience of dealing with the trade business owner and their team. So some amazing stories from our clients. But, you know, as they say in the, in the commercials, don't take it from us. Uh, <laughs> hear what some of our clients have to say. Coming into Christmas, we are not worried about money. We've got enough money in the bank to pay everybody's leave. There's work booked in for the new year. And for the first time in a long time, we'll be having three weeks off and not worrying about the business. That's probably the biggest win of all. Using the cash flow forecast, I've been able to look into the future and see where I'm going to be situated financially. And it's actually started to have a huge bearing on whether or not I make purchases. By far, one of the best things about working with Nick and Woz are the other businesses that are working alongside them. It is amazing how empowering it is to be working alongside like-minded people who have similar goals, similar troubles. We can all relate to each other and everybody helps everybody out by figuring out problems with you that they may have faced previously. Everybody has solutions and constructive feedback and it's an incredibly friendly, warm, welcoming environment, not threatening at all. From every job, I know that I will get a sustainable wage that's industry leading. I can have at least 10 to 20% profit and I can pay taxes, super, all of that. And I do not have to question whether or not I can because of the way that it's been built. And that is thanks to traders in business and what they've taught me and what I've learned. So there you go. There's some real people. We did not pay them to say those things. <laughs> and I think that sounds a lot better than Coxie and I reading them out. We really would love for you to check out more about how you could take your trade business to where you would like it to be. Surely you have a vision of what things could be like or what you wish they were like on a day-to-day -day basis, mm -hmm. um, whether that is reducing stress or actually making more money. Maybe it's spending more time with the family, taking more holidays, having the choice mm. that you really wanted when you started your business instead of this beast that seems to be there for many of you listening to this program. So if you want to find out more about how we do this through the Tradiepreneur program, Coxie's going to tell you all about it. <laughs> I'm actually not. I'm going to be really secretive and uh, keep all of our magic up our sleeves. What I would like you to do, though, is head on over to tradiesandbusiness.com.au. You can learn all about us, why we do what we do, and how you can work with us, what that actually looks like. There's a whole bunch of free stuff there for you to download, uh, lots of options. We've always got new stuff going up onto the website and a great place for you to learn a whole bunch more about how you can work with us. You can even book a 15-minute chat. For free. Free. That's how abundant we are. So head over to the website, uh, check it out, book a chat with us, and we'd love to find out if you'd be a great fit for the Tradiepreneur community and start hanging out with some of those people that you just heard from. Mm. Mm. I, I've seen over the years some of the social media videos that get huge views, and some of them are just, you know, 
Tom the truckie in his blue singlet yep. talking about politics and what's going on with the economy. And um, people really identify with maybe it's the everyman sort of uh, avatar of it tends to be a huge portion of the population. Um, but it is such a great point, Sam, of, of not maybe overthinking um, the presentation of the content. I wanted to just um, go back to the whole training piece because I think for me one of the big messages here is creating an online course is not to necessarily go and sell it to people on how to do their own plumbing. And I think that's where some of our tradiepreneurs at conference got a bit stuck on that. It's like, but I don't want to sell a course for how to unblock your own toilet. I'm not going to make much money out of that and then I'm doing myself out of a customer. I think where some of the huge value in this is, like the the tradiepreneur this morning who said, I'm just a dumb so-and-so, is in training team with that knowledge because something that keeps people self-employed is everything's in their head. Mm-hmm. And they say they have a business, but in reality they're just a one-person show with a bunch of people trying to support them as best they can because everything's in their head. Uh, are there some... I don't know, not secret, Sam, but, you know, obviously you talked before about having a conversation with them and just falling out. For people listening to this, are there some things they can do to start to get that stuff out of their head and organise it better? Yeah, sometimes, and it really depends on the person. So I would normally say take the path of least resistance, which is whatever is the easiest way for you to get that content out start with that. So like people are like, Oh, I can't do it. Cause I don't know how to, like, I'm not great with words. Like I'm the, don't give me a blank word doc. Cause the fear of starting something is terrifying. Um, so as often I will voice record because for me, it's easier for me to talk through a problem and then chuck it into a transcription app or get someone else to type it out or I can type it out, but it's, I need the starting point to be like the voice and words. Um, and for me, that's the easiest. Some clients it's not, some it is. So I normally go, whatever you find is the easiest way for you to get started, do that. And if that's voice recording, rather than sitting there all weird and awkward by yourself, because it does feel weird and awkward, get in a room with someone, ideally the person who you're actually trying to teach and while you're telling them. So next time you have to tell someone how to do something, just hit record on your phone at the same time. Because you're going to, at some point this next week, tell someone how to do something. And ideally, if you just happen to hit record at the same time, you're going to get some sort of record of what you said and how to do that. And it's a great starting point because even if you just take the audio file and dump it in a folder somewhere and that's as far as it gets, it's better than nothing because now next time you're like, oh, hang on, I've got a recording on that. Like It's in that folder. Go and have a listen. It'll tell you how to do that thing and come back if you've got any questions. But it's better than always having to ask you. And from there like next best step might be typing it out. So you've got some kind of procedure or recording a video and showing someone how to do something. But if, if the easiest way for you is just next time you tell someone, remember to press record, it's a great start. Love that. And then <laughs> turning that into team training. I think training team is, is an area that we see a lot of resistance. Uh, and some of it I think comes from fear of, yeah, but if I train them, then they're going to go and set up their own show and run competition with me. Uh, or perhaps perhaps it's a bit like you were saying before, Sam, you know, you were great at training and, and you know, got into train-the-trainer kind of stuff, whereas your ex was not really suited to that. And I, I worry maybe that some of our tradies aren't really trainers 
is there a way to get around that? Should you know? Should someone else deliver it? Should they get a voiceover artist? Like you know, get uh, George Clooney to come in and do the read for them? Like, is there a way to actually make training more effective? Can we get George Clooney? Is that an option? Because I'll take. <laughs> I'm in for option C. Like <laughs> I'm all in. <laughs> Look. You can, and look, there's, there's options are definitely on the table, but it often comes down to time and budget, right? Mm. If you've got the money to throw at getting someone else to come and plan and organize your training, I mean, like we've done it for companies. We come in and kind of work out what they want to say and try and write procedures and documents and videos that support that. So by all means, you can definitely get someone else to do it. But nine times out of 10 businesses don't have the budget for it, even if they wish they did. And that's mm. okay too. So even if you might not feel like you're naturally a trainer, the thing is you're doing it anyway, whether you believe it or not, right? Mm. So the moment someone works with you, you have now become a trainer. It just is. Um, you mentioned the fear of training people up and they might leave. And it is a genuine concern. It was a concern for me when I grew my business because um, I was trying to find someone who could do all the course stuff but didn't want to go and set up their own course business. So, like, I feel you. I have the same fears. Mm. Um, I've, I've been there too. But I also knew that the risk of her staying but being a really terrible team member cost me more money than training her well and then her leaving. And so I needed her to do well while she was here. And then the flip side for that was me to treat her well and she doesn't want to go because it's better for her to stay and she doesn't have to deal with the client drama, but she gets paid really well than to leave and have to deal with the client drama by herself. Mm. Um, so, if, yeah, it becomes that, you know, it's it's actually costs you more if they stay with you but they're a terrible team member than if they go anyway. So you're better off training them. Uh, remember at the end of the day, it's the thing we just spoke about with video, which is that you are you whether you turn the camera on or not, or whether you hit voice record or not, that's what they're seeing and what they're hearing, right? We were talking about it at the beginning of this call when I turned the video on and I was like, oh my God, what's going on here with the hair and everything. But like, <laughs> that's the me you would have seen if you were sitting at the desk next to me, right? That is the real Sam. But I think we forget that once we put it in a format that other people can see, we freak out about it. When mm. you go to a job site and your, your team are with you, they're seeing the real you. Yeah, yeah. So you may as well put that you in video and audio because that's what they're getting anyway, right? Mm. It doesn't, nothing has changed. And nine times out of 10, they like the real you, mm. right? They, they enjoy working with you. They learn a lot from you. It doesn't matter how pretty and polished and perfect it is because it's you. And that's who you are when you turn up on a site day in, day out anyway. Nothing has changed. I think social media has a big part to play in this too. We're all very conditioned to watching quite well, for the most part, relatively raw social media videos that uh, help us connect to the real person on the other side of the camera. And yet when it comes to doing something professionally for our business, we think it has to be all glitz and glamour because it, I guess perhaps is the idea that we're being sold. And yet it's, as you say, the complete opposite, being able to really connect with who that person is having it authentic between what we see online or, or via video and then the person that comes to the door is going to matter a whole bunch more than getting stuck in that, I guess, polished, perfect outcome that won't necessarily transcribe the way they need it to anyway. And if that's how you turn up on a job site, like if you have a very professional brand and a, and a very like high class image and you turn up and you're always neatly pressed and ironed, then yeah, your videos probably need to be that little bit more high class to match that, that balance. But it's all about, you know, what is your, what is the brand you put across? And that's one of those things as well, whether you like it or not, you are putting across a brand, like it's happening anyway. So we may as well have a think about what's happening there. And yeah, you're right. Like it, it's going, that's the image that's going out anyway. When you turn up at the site, see, so man, as well put that image on camera and on video because that's who's there and that's yeah. who they want. Like we forget that people 
Okay, I do want George Clooney, but not. <laughs> but if he's unavailable, then the other thing I want is you to turn up on time and do a great job. <laughs> right? I'm thinking, I was, I'm going to say it anyway. I'm, I just thought Sam wants George Clooney to come and do her plumbing, and then I thought <laughs> that's probably not really appropriate. But there you go, listeners. <laughs> Always going to go there regardless. All right, I'm going to turn this back around. Thank you, Warwick. Please no, do. We've talked about courses and we've talked about training our teams. What else can we do with the knowledge we have in our head? So you mentioned at the beginning, which is great, that we can use it to build trust and that might be as a lead magnet, so something that goes out for free just to help people build trust with the business or sometimes it's a low-cost offer that mm. won't replace you. So this is a conversation that did come up at the conference, which is they're worried that um, if they put the video out there that it will replace them in the industry. Mm. The truth is those videos are out there anyway. So yep. if, yeah, yeah. if that was going to replace you, you would have been replaced by now because YouTube has existed for a long time and how yeah. to unblock a toilet is on YouTube. Right? has already made all of those videos. Exactly. <laughs> so, and you still have a job because even if we've watched the video, we either A, don't want to, or B, still don't know how to. Um, so the videos don't stop the person that was going to pay you. And we discussed the difference between um, a DIY client and a paying client. And often they're actually mm -hmm. two different people. The mm -hmm. people who want to DIY are going to DIY. They're not ready to pay you for whatever reason that might be. So you're not going to do yourself out of a job, but yeah, using content to either give away for free to build that trust or for a low price to kind of get some buy-in from the audience, but really get them sort of, oh, hang on. I actually like these guys. They were great in the video. I learned some bits, but now the job's got beyond my capabilities or I don't want to do that next bit. I don't have the time, but I would rather get them in because I know them. I like them. I trust them. Mm. So there's lots of ways that you can use content um, mm. to, to just build that trust in your audience. And if nothing else, um, something that we spoke about at conference, which is a cool idea and works in just about any industry is almost like a bank of common issues. So mm. is your toilet making this weird noise? It's yeah. possibly this thing going on. It won't replace you because most of the time they still won't know how to fix it. But it, what it will do is relieve the fear of, oh my God, I don't know what's happening because mm. they're like, oh, okay, hang on. I kind of know what's going on. Now, when I ring a guy, I can say, hey, I think it's doing this thing. Like, can you come and have a look at it for me? But it stops us feeling so idiotic on the other end. Cause mm. like, oh, Jono on the video told me that this is kind of probably what's happening. And like, okay, I get that. Maybe he can come fix it for me. Mm. I love that idea. We we actually have um, another one of our tradiepreneurs listeners. So, I mean, we talk about our tradiepreneurs a lot because we're super proud of them and they do some really cool stuff. Uh, and he is an electrician. He works in uh, a rural, regional area, very regional actually, in the middle of nowhere. And so there's a lot of bores on uh, on stations with stock that rely on the water. And he was actually lamenting the other day how sick and tired he gets of people ringing him up basically for free diagnosis over the phone, standing in a paddock, my ball's not working, what's wrong with it? And I'm sure he could create a few videos, say, is it doing this? Is it doing that? Here's our bore diagnosis video, you know, and save himself a whole lot of trouble and build a lot of value in that. So it's that, I think, a lot of the, the challenge that I see people have, and I know I've been in this headspace myself, is, oh, my gosh, but it's going to take me so long to create this content. Um, I don't have the time. I'm too busy. It's not worth it, whatever. Again, Sam, I guess looking for some sneaky little um, unblockages here, if we can get the plunger out and, and unblock the pipe. Uh, ways to get the ball rolling. I know you said before about, you know, hit record on the voice recorder, but actually getting this ready to go to market in inverted commas, any tips on that? 
Um, I will say that I am the first to avoid doing my own content. So I feel you because <laughs> um, we get stuck on our own stuff, right? Even the course creator, it's super easy building other people's courses, get stuck because she's too close to her own stuff. Yeah. And sometimes that is the case. So if you're working with a team, um, if you're a husband, wife team, or you, you've got a, you've got someone else who's working with you, sometimes that second set of eyes is super helpful. If you can get part of the process started and then kind of tag team and be like, hey, I'm doing this thing. I've got this far. Can you have a look at it for me? That can be really helpful because it makes you that one step away from the project. And we get so close to our own stuff that we get super judgmental and we worry about what we're putting out. But someone else is like, oh, actually, this is kind of cool. When did you do this? Like how, maybe we could do this with it. So if you do have a second set of eyes in the business, whatever that might be, and you trust them, um, ask your second set of eyes to have some input too. The other thing to acknowledge is it is going to take some time and that does suck, but the best thing to do where possible is to put some time aside for it. Now, if you're super busy in the daytimes, it might be recognizing that, hey, a couple of hours on a Saturday morning is going to have to go into it or one evening after work, I'm just going to have to suck it up and sit down at the computer and work it out. But it does take some time. And if you don't put that time aside somewhere, you'll perpetually put it off because mm. we all do, right? So just acknowledging that it is going to take them time. I've put it in my calendar. That's when I'm going to attempt to sit down and do it. Even if I just put an hour aside to get started, at least the ball is rolling and I, and I can get started on it. But if you'd never put the time aside, it probably won't happen. Sam, you referenced earlier about um, having a bank of questions that are answered. And I think it's a really great space to pull back around to as a starting point for anybody that's mm. listening. We all have those commonly asked questions that you just roll your eyes and think, oh my God, it's that question again. Or the frustration points. If you don't have regular questions, but you have regular frustration points or regular problems you're solving, they're your opportunity as well, I feel, to start there as a way to, I guess, begin to build the bank. It's just a bank of, of knowledge that we can then tweak with later, but we have to have a starting point. Um, the, other, is it, oh, I was sorry, the other super sneaky thing to do is start to build a bank around your sales objections. So yes. if when you're on, um, when you're doing a quote or someone's ringing you up, but they're not sure about, they're like, ah, oh, but what about, mm. if you can make some little chunks of content about those, ah, oh, but what abouts? Cause other people are worried about those things too, but they haven't had the guts to ask you yet, or they just mm. didn't bring it up while you were there because they were too nervous to ask or whatever that might be. So if, if you've come across a sales objection at some point and you can build a little piece of content around a sales objection, that's going to help you out heaps too. And again, that can be, you know, that could be a video in a sales automated sales process, bunch of emails, or it could be the written version of that or both considered on a website under FAQs. There's so many ways you can repurpose all that content to, uh, well, save you time because you've only got to create it once mm. and then you can leverage it and actually use it in multiple places. And increase your sales because now people don't have to worry about that. They don't not hire you because they're worried about that thing. They're like, oh, wait, they've already answered that thing. I was worried about that. How cool that they knew that. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. Um, Sam, I've got a question, but it's, but it's kind of, it's the big one at the end. So I'm just going to check here that uh, I'm not sort of, you know, cutting Nicole's toenails off. And, no, my uh, toenails are fine. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Come up with some weird things. Well, I didn't want to cut your grass after Sam getting George Clooney in for a plumbing. So, uh, <laughs> Sam, <laughs> if if you had a thousand tradies in a room now, I don't I know we didn't quite have a thousand at a conference. We're pretty close. We're, we're you know a step towards it. But if you did have a thousand tradies in a room, what's one piece of advice you would love to leave them with? What's that weird knocking sound? 
So, <laughs> so it sounds really silly, but the question came up regularly in um, the conference. But like, that's the question I always have of tradies. And so that's the best piece of advice I can give you because most of us are driving around or walking around our house or have some kind of weird noise somewhere. Um, so if you can pin down for your audience, what's that weird knocking noise? For me, it was driving in my car. Every time I turned right, the steering column was like, I don't know, it would go clunk, 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 clunk every time it turned right. <laughs> and all, my kids and I had named it the expensive noise because we didn't know what it was, but it felt like it would cost a lot of money to fix. <laughs> so your clients out there have somewhere a noise or a thing that's bugging them. And if you can nail that thing, what's that knocking noise, then you've got them. So yeah, try and think about what's that knocking noise. I just adore that. As content creators, I don't think it can be said enough how valuable content can be in terms of providing a, a holistic solution for your potential clients. It's a great way to get them over the line, have them have a better experience, feeling more confident and more likely then to take that next step. And for some trades, there's going to be opportunity to make extra money off the back of that in different ways as well. Um, I love that we've been able to stir the pot a little bit today and hopefully get our listeners thinking a bit differently because this is this is a different idea. This is real business owner thinking. We're taking you outside of the realms of being self-employed and working really hard to do the thing. Now we want you to start thinking about what else you can do to start to diversify your opportunity and potentially your income. Thank you, Sam. Mm. That was really interesting. Thank you. That's awesome, Sam. Uh, thanks heaps for the ideas. And uh, if people do want to find out more about you, you shouldn't be that hard to find, but uh, what's the best way for them to do that? There's not a lot of sandwiches on the internet, so good old sandwich.com.au is pretty easy to find. <laughs> Love it. Thanks, Sam. People are going to Google the wrong thing and get a whole bunch of uh, images of, of lunchtime sambos. Yeah. <laughs> thanks trendy. again, Sam. Great to have you back. And you. Uh, we look forward to speaking again soon. You've been listening to the Tradies and Business Podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au.